Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. So the name of this sermon is The Redeeming Blood. How many of us know that we need God's blood? Amen. The blood of His Son, Jesus, amen, to redeem us amen, from our sins, to uh, draw us near, amen, to the Father, amen, and wash us, amen, of our iniquities. Um, two brothers, and so they went to college, and so bro- one brother became a farmer, the other became a brilliant, wealthy lawyer. And so the lawyer brother visited the farm of the brother, amen. And he said, I can't believe that you have not made anything of your life. You're out here on this farm, but look at me. Look where I am. I'm on Wall Street. I'm an investor in the stock market. I have clients who are millionaires. And here you are stuck out here on this farm. I wonder what the difference between us is. And the farmer brother spoke. He said, he pointed out at some wheat in the field. He said, you see those two types of wheat out there, brother. He goes on to say, you will see the wheat, amen, standing straight up. Its heads are of that wheat. There is nothing, amen, it is empty. That's why it's standing so high. He goes on to say, You also see some other wheat that is bent over. That's because the head is full. It is full of wheat. Amen. And some of us are standing straight up. We're walking tall. However, amen, we are only able to do so because, amen, they are empty. Some of us walk a little bent over, indicating that we are full. The test isn't what you have done for the world. It is what you have in your heart. Amen. And so you you see, amen, society. You see people, amen. They're in pursuit of riches. They're in pursuit of all things, amen, that bring gratification, amen, temporal gratification to their lives. But I want to say this, e- this evening that they're truly empty, amen. So without God, you and I are empty. But when we're filled with God, when we're filled with His Spirit, how many of us know that we are full? Let's read our scripture this evening. Exodus 12, 21 through 32 says, Then Moses called all the elders of Israel together and said to them, Go pick out a lamb or young goat for each of your families and then slaughter the, uh, slaughter the Passover animal. Drain the blood into a basin. Then take, amen, a bundle of hyssop, a branch to dip it into the blood, Brush the hyssop across the top of the side of the door of your door frame of your house, and no one may go out through the door until morning, for the Lord will pass through the land and strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on top of the sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and to strike you down. Remember these instructions our permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land, amen, 
the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this uh, ceremony. Then your children will ask, what does the ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he has passed over our house, for he has passed over the house of the Israelites in Egypt. And though he struck the Egyptian, he spared our family. When Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to worship, I mean, down to the ground and worship. So the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded through Moses and Aaron. And that night at the midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn sons in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn son of the prisoner in the dungeon. Even the firstborn of their livestock were killed. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the people of Egypt woke up during the night and the loud wailing was heard throughout the land of Egypt. There was no sing there was not a single house where someone had not died. Pharaoh said for Moses and Aaron during the night, Get out, he ordered, leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks, your herds, as you said, and be gone. Go but bless me as you leave. Let's pray this evening. God, we pray for the power of your spirit, Lord God, that you would reveal, Lord God, your word unto us this evening, Lord God. Move, Lord God, on the hearts of your people. We thank you, Lord God. We lift up your son, Lord God, in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And so I want to take a look at pride this evening. And so the children of Israel were in bondage for over 400 years. And so that is four generations of people in slavery. And I've said before that God does not enslave you and I. Humanity enslaves itself when we practice sin. And so the bondage and affliction of the people of Israel may be considered as embols, amen, of the hard slavery and wretchedness consequences on the state of sinfulness Satan runs, reigns over both body and soul, bringing the whole into subjection to the law of sin and death, while various temptations, tempters, passions, lusts, irregular appetites act as subordinate tormentors, making lives of the vessels, amen, of sin and bitter, amen, because of the rigor by which, amen, they are obligated to serve. And so when we serve our flesh, amen, when we serve sin, amen, we are in bondage to sin. And bondage or slavery in the Bible is a depiction of the state of man without communion with God, amen. And so we have, amen, a Savior, amen, which is Jesus. And we have, amen, a command in the Bible that we have to have relationship with our God. And so relationship with our God, amen, helps us in this life, hallelujah, to guide us, amen. And so man has forever needed God, but man has not always realized his need for God. And so we like to think of ourselves, amen, that we can do it on our own. We can do everything on our own. And so G Egypt is a depiction of man 
in his own ability. It is a depiction, amen, of man in his own might and his self-sufficiency. How many of us know that we can do things on our own? We, we labor a lot of times with our hands. And we say to ourselves, we've done this on our own. Um, you look at the Bible at the Tower of Babel, and so you see this, these men working together to build this tower, amen, to be exalted in themselves. And so this was a picture of Egypt. Egypt was a world power in its time. And so these, Egypt dominated, it ruled, and it conquered. And so Egypt had no need for God because they were sufficient in themselves. Moses, amen, Pharaoh told Moses, Who is your God that I should let the people go? Pharaoh, amen, thought himself to be God, amen, because of his power. Pharaoh told Moses, I am my own God, amen. I am my own protector. How many of us know that Pharaoh had his own army? And so he would protect himself against other armies. And so Egypt was unconquered. If you look at some of the architects that still stand, you see these pyramids. You see, amen, these, these uh, basically idols of themselves that were erected, amen, of, of the pharaohs that, that, that um, were there at the time. And so Egypt was a powerful nation. And Pharaoh told Moses, I am the one that makes things happen. And he told Moses, he says, I don't know your God. Because Pharaoh was exalted within himself. Egypt had his own prosperity and might. When we feel like we've made it, it is easy for you and I to make idols in our hearts. We need to be careful when we are thriving because it could lead us to false sense of security. We need to be confident, amen, in God and not in our own ability. How many of us know that when we get prideful, amen, when we start exalting ourselves, God is able to bring us low? That happened to me over 15 years ago. Amen. I was exalted in myself. And God had to bring me to a place of desperation. Where I sought out God and, and God became real to me. Amen. And God doesn't become real to many people. It's because they're exalted within themselves. Amen. Look at Egypt. You look at Egypt in the Bible and even in history. Egypt spreads its territory. It, ex it expands itself, amen. It conquers lands. It conquers peoples, amen. Egypt was very prosperous for a while. But then you look out, amen, at, in history, and you saw Egypt no more. Psalms 37, 32 through 36 says, The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord would not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his ways and he will exalt you, amen, to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off, amen. I have seen the wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green, amen, laurel tree. But he passes away, and behold, he was no more. 
Though I sought him, I could not, he could not be found. And so that was a picture of Egypt, amen. That Egypt, amen, self-destructed. And so man apart from God always self-destructs. And so we put our confidence in man and in our own strength. Amen. We can only be self-sufficient for so long. And so I want to ask you this evening, who is your default? Who do you run to, amen, when things are unstable in your life? Are you your own default? Is your job your, your default? Is your family, amen, your, your default? Or is God, amen, your default? Egypt was prideful. It had its own wealth and security. But it did not have God's protection. And so I want to say this evening, if we want to be protected by the Almighty God, we have to come, amen, into relationship with Him. For He's the only one that can protect us. Amen. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptian. God's judgment falls upon those that he cannot protect. And so when we are under God's authority and not our own, he is able to cover us. He's able to protect us. God sent his son to deliver us and keep us from the power of death. I want to take a look at the Passover. The Israelites were covered themselves with the blood of the Lamb. And so they covered themselves with God's protection. Amen. This was to be a covenant, amen, for a lifetime. And so if you look at the rituals that the, the Israelites would do, amen, they would do this, amen, on a yearly basis, that they, the, the people would be forgiven for their sins. They, they would present sacrifices to God for their sins. And it was a remembrance, amen, of what God had brought them from. And so when we are under the blood of Jesus, God is able to shelter us from wickedness and all sorts of evil that would try to get access into our lives. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. When he sees the blood of the lamb on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the doorposts and will not allow the destroyer to enter your house to strike you. And so God told the Israelites to cover the lintel, amen, the two doorposts, amen, of their house. And so the lintel is a headpiece of a door frame, the part of the frame that lies on the side door pieces, amen. And so the doorposts were the side pieces. God was telling the Israelites, when you are under the blood, even though death comes near your door of your heart, it will pass by. It will protect you, it will protect your mind, it will protect your heart, amen, against these dead things that try to come against you. How many of us know that these dead things today, they try to come against our lives? And so we need to be covered, amen, with the protection of God. We need to be covered with the blood of Jesus. So as these things come near our door. Amen. As these things try to enter into our hearts. They will be deflected. Amen. Because of our relationship with God. Amen. Because of that covenant. Amen. That was made with blood for you and I. God was telling them. That there's going to be dead things all around you. 
but you will be preserved. And so as we look out in the world, we see temptation, we see dead things all around us, everywhere that we go, amen, but we're protected by the blood of Jesus. We see death, amen, and sometimes as Christians we experience devastation at our door. And so these are real losses, amen, and we can feel them. We can feel, amen, the death of a family member that comes knocking at our door. We can feel, amen, violations, amen, that come knocking upon our door just because, amen, you and I are Christians, amen. How many of us know that we can get violated in different ways, in our minds, amen, in the things that you and I, we look at, amen, we can get violated because of this perverted world that you and I live in. And these things, amen, sometimes I say to myself, I'm like, God, when is this ever going to end? These temptations, amen, these things, these arrows that, that come at us, amen, like darts, like, like this morning that I said, these fiery darts, amen, they come at us every day. They try to violate us. But God wants us to know that the blood, amen, can safeguard our hearts and our minds against these things. And Hebrews 9, 11 through 14 says, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect, amen, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once and for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and of calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. It says, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled, uh, defiled a person with the ashes of a heifer, amen, sanctified for the purification of the flesh, how much more the blood of, amen, of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish, to God to purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so the blood of Jesus, amen, this is what it does, amen, for us. It brings us into close relationship to God, amen, because of His Son, amen, and it cleanses us, it washes us as the world tries to come against you and I, as things come against our lives, Amen. You can be certain this evening, amen, that we're covered, amen, by the blood of Jesus. We have to deflect these things. And so God, amen, can steady our souls and our spirit in this life filled with uncertainties, amen, by the blood of His Son, Jesus. And so let's look lastly at the observance, amen. And so you and I are allowed a rite of passage through somebody's territory if you made alliance with them, amen, if you made alliance with that nation by paying tribute or marrying one of their daughters or promising to come to their aid against their enemy. And so you had to keep, amen, a right relationship with your neighboring countries if you wanted their help. And so God told the Israelites that they had access to him by observing the Passover. God said, Israel, it is not 
Amen. A one-time thing. You must do this forever. And so teach it to your children and have them observe it also. And so the blood of Jesus is forever. It washes away our sin. It heals us. It brings us in right relationship with God. It is God's pact with humanity, amen, to bring us close to himself. If you look at every living person or animal as long as they're alive, there is life blood in them. But not so for Jesus. I want to say that Jesus' blood is still, amen, powerful today as the day that he died. Amen. And so if we come into a covenant with God through his son, then the blood of Jesus has power, amen, in our lives. It has power, amen, for us to overcome sins. And so when we talk about the blood of Christ, we're talking about the act of dying that leads to our redemption. The concept can be tied back to the sa uh, sacrifice of animals on the altar to atone for the sins of his people. Well, when Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, and so Christians do not talk about sacrificing animals for sin because Jesus paid the ultimate price once and for all. And so ultimately the blood of Christ is the price that was paid for our freedom. And so God is under no false assumption that we are perfect. He could have just all destroyed us, amen, but instead he chose to give us the gift of redemption. He could have washed his hands of all humanity, but he loves us and his son paid the price for you and I. There is power in that blood. We are cleansed and purified by Christ's death so that we, amen, talk about the blood of Christ. We are talking about, amen, the most powerful act of God's provision, amen, for humankind. That's how much that God loves you and I. And so the blood of Christ is not to be taken lightly. Both the literal and figurative meaning, amen, behind the blood of Christ carried some heavy meaning. And so we need to take the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, amen, as an amazing Amen. Thing. It is a weighty thing. Yet when we trust in God, we realize how significant the sacrifice was. It can actually be freeing and amen and make our days seem much lighter. And so Christ did not just die on the cross and leave it at that. We talk about the blood. We are talking about, amen, it is, a, it is an active thing in our lives each and every day. It is constantly, amen, alive in our lives. Amen. It is active and powerful. And here are some of the things that the blood does for you and I. It redeems you and I from our sin. It purifies our heart and washes our minds. It frees us, amen, and helps us to overcome temptation. It releases us from reliance on, the, on acts to be saved. It gives us eternal life with Jesus Christ. It saves us from the wrath of God, amen. It allows us to be forgiven also of our sin. 
It brings peace, amen, upon us. It protects us, amen, from the effects of sin. God gives us confidence, amen. It cleanses us. It washes us from our sins. It clears our conscience. It brings us close to God. It redeems us, amen, every day. It protects us in times of need. And it provides us with power over evil. And so that's what the blood of Jesus Christ does for you and I. We have to accept, amen, this blood, amen, that it is in our lives and it is active in our lives. So can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.